In the beginning of this week's parsha, we have the story where the Malachim come back and tell Yaakov that Esav is coming towards you with 400 men. And one of the first things we find is that Yaakov divides his camp into two groups. And he says, If Esav should attack one camp, then the other one will be saved. Rashi on these words says, The one camp will be saved. Rashi says, Against his will, because I'm going to wage war against him. Now, why does Rashi have to explain anything at all? It seems to be quite simple. If you divide everyone into two groups, one group will be able to have more of a chance of surviving. So the Mepharshim of Rashi say that because the Pesach says, that it sounds like it's an absolute certain thing, and therefore Rashi is explaining why is he so certain, because he's going to wage war against Esav. The questions, however, are, number one, why is Yaakov so certain? Even if the Pshat is that he's, while he's fighting for the first camp, with Esav, that gives a second group a chance to run away. It's still seemingly not absolutely certain they will be able to. Also, what is this expression, al-karchay, against his will, against Esav's will? Seemingly, what's relevant is that I'm sure they'll be able to be saved because I'm going to fight Esav. Now, what you might say is that the truth of the matter is that Yaakov is not 100% sure they'll all be able to be saved in this group. Rather, the meaning of Al-Karchoi means against his will. I'm going to deal with him in a way against his will, meaning I'm going to fight him. But the question then is, why is he so certain? Oh, sorry. Why is Rashi, how does Rashi know that Yaakov is going to fight Esav? That means as follows. If the meaning of Al-Karchoi means I'm against Esav's will, they're for sure going to be saved. And that's based on the nishar, Because the Pasuk is guaranteeing they'll go, that Yaakov says, I'm sure they're going to be saved. So Rashi is just explaining the method Yaakov is going to be used. He's going to fight Esav. But if Vahoyah does not mean that he's certain, and all Bar Karchim means is that I'm going to fight Esav, well, how does, Yaakov know, how does Rashi know that that is what Yaakov is going to be doing? Rashi then goes on and says, Hiskinatzmo, Yaakov was preparing for three things, to give a gift, to daven, and to wage war. And Rashi brings Psukim. For the gift, he brings a Pasuk, upon of the gift passes ahead of Yaakov. For Tfilo, he brings the Pasuk, where Yaakov says, Eloike, Ovi Avram, the God of my father Avram. And for the Mulchama, for war, he brings this very Pasuk that we're speaking about, the camp will be saved. The Rebbe asks a number of questions. First of all, why is it relevant right over here that Yaakov is preparing for three things? In this Pasuk, seemingly we're only explaining the fact that that Yaakov is preparing for war. Later on in the Pesukim, we're going to see clearly that Yaakov also had another two methods, which is davening and a present. Number two, the question is, if it's relevant right over here that he's also preparing for the other things, but why does it have to be in continuation to the first part of Rashi that this is against Esav's will? Number three, we need to understand, why does Rashi need to repeat again the point of war? This is within the same Rashi. Rashi started off that Yaakov is preparing for war, and he says Yaakov is preparing for three things, and repeats war again. Some other questions. The order of the three things Rashi mentions is the present, the davening, and the war. Now this is the exact opposite order of the psukim that Rashi himself brings to prove these three things. The psukim that Rashi brings is, and the order that they happen is, first of all, is initial of this Pasuk that we're in the middle of dealing with. And that is the Pasuk about war. The next thing that happens in the order of the Pesukim that Rashi brings is which is the idea of davening. 
And only then is the Pasuk Vatavir Amincha, which is the gift, and Rashi actually brings them in the reverse order. First gift, then davening, and then war. Another question that Rebbe has is, has is that in the Medrashim, there are also other psukim brought. The question over here is, why does Rashi bring these psukim specifically? And what the main question is, is that Rashi seems to be bringing two kinds of psukim. Some of them referring to the preparations Yaakov is making to do these three things. And, and, and some of them is when Yaakov is actually doing it, practically like, like the pasuk that he brings about the gift. That's the pasuk when the gift is actually already passing in front of Yaakov. So why doesn't Rashi just bring psukim either of Yaakov preparing for these three things or psukim where Yaakov is already doing it practically? Also, why does Rashi again bring the Pasuk of Ahoya HaMachana as a proof for war, if that's the whole Rashi is being based on, this particular Pasuk? Why is it relevant to bring this Pasuk once again when he's speaking about war? And finally, what is this expression of Yaakov, Hiskin Atzmoy, when he's preparing, why just not use a regular expression like Heichin, a Lushan of preparing? The explanation of all of this, says the Rebbe, is that there seems to be a major problem in the story in the Parsha. And that is... It seems to be that what happens when the messengers come to Yaakov, what's the first thing he seems to be doing? He's dividing the groups, which Rashi explained to us that it has some sort of indication of preparing for war. Then the Psukim go on to speak about how he davens to Hashem and he's preparing the gift. And the question is seemingly, a Yid, the first thing that he does is when there's any sort of trouble, the first thing you do is go and daven. Especially Yaakov Avinu seemingly, this should be the first thing he's doing. So why is he first seemingly preparing for war? So we must say that Yaakov, of course, the first thing he's doing is going to be davening. The reason why he's dividing the groups now is not as a preparation for war. It's rather as a preparation for davening. How is that? What are the two groups that Yaakov Avinu is making? It's not like, we're going to find later in the parsha where he's within the group itself of his family, he divides them, he organizes them in a particular way. Who goes front, who goes in the back, who's first, who's second, etc. In this passage that we've been dealing with, when it says that he divides the people into two groups, one group is the group of the animals and their shepherds. The other group is his family. Based on this, once he divides them into two groups, now he's ready to go and dive into Hashem. And say to Hashem, you promised me that everything is going to be good with me and my family, that you're going to guard me, and you're going to be doing good to me, etc., etc., etc. And therefore, based on this, Yaakov is now certain, 100%, that this Machana Anisha, the second camp, will be saved. And this is what Rashi says, al against Esav's will, of course I'm going to be able to save these people, because I'm going to fight him. In other words, Yaakov is certain. Esav cannot do anything bad to him, to this group, that's his family. In order to explain even more Yaakov's certainty, Rashi goes on to speak about the three things that Yaakov is preparing for, and specifically uses the expression hiskin. What does hiskin mean? It's not only a preparation. Hiskin means he's working on himself, he's changing certain aspects, certain attitudes, certain mindsets within himself. He's going to fix himself. Hiskin Lashon Tikkun. He's going to fix himself. And that is because all of these three things is not exactly what Yaakov was up to doing. He needs to prepare himself, he needs to fix, he needs to change himself to prepare for war because on his own he was afraid, he was being distressed. For the gift... It's again a major shift in his mindset because Yaakov was upset. Yaakov was angry, going, going, gift, giving gifts now to Esau. 
And so too regarding tefillah, Yaakov was concerned, he was worried, maybe he was soiled because of Averis, and nevertheless he's going to change himself, he says, yes, I'm going to Davin, I'm going to say to the Amishter, you promised me everything's going to be good, and so on and so forth. Now we can also understand the specific psukim that Rashi brings. This is where we see these ideas, only in those psukim that Rashi brings. The pasuk that Rashi brings about the present is vatavra mincha alponov. The words alponov simply mean that mincha passed in front of him, but it's those words from where we learn out that Yaakov was angry that, that he was needed to do all of these things. For tefillah, he brings the pasuk alikei avi avram, which is again emphasizing this idea that you promise this to the avos, regardless of what where I'm up to. And finally, the Pasuk from Ulchama, which Rashi now emphasizes again and repeats, he says, I'm sure, I'm certain that they're going to be saved again because of, uh, because of your promises. Now, why does Rashi go in this order that he does? He brings war at the very, very last, because that's the most difficult one. If Rashi, Yaakov has to change his mindset and really work on himself, Yaakov was afraid, he was distressed, so war... Because that he doesn't want to kill anyone or get killed, so the war is going to be the most one that he most difficult most has most difficulty in changing his mindset. Now, why does he bring the present before davening? Because the truth of the matter is, even though yes, it's true that he sends the present at the very end, but if we want to speak of a mindset of the the idea of what a present is, the concept of a present, this is really the first thing that Rash, Yaakov does even before sending gifts to Esav. The moment he sends messengers to Esav. He says it was lim to find favor, grace in your eyes. That's already a concept of a present. And that's why present is really the first thing he does even before davening. Now, why is he doing that even before davening? Why isn't he davening first? Because at this point, he didn't even realize yet that there is any danger. He's trying to be friendly with Esav and all of that and have extra favor in Esav's eyes, but there was no danger yet. So he's not davening to be saved of anything. Now that Rebbe deals with, why does Rashi have to mention the idea that it was three things? He prepares himself for three things. Why are we counting? Just say the three things. The Rebbe says, because we're trying to emphasize that Yaakov was preparing for all three things at the very same time. That is, on the one hand, if it's in fact not so dangerous, if from Esau maybe things won't be so terrible, maybe a gift will be enough. But on the other hand, we said Yaakov is concerned. Maybe because of his chusim, he's not deserving. And maybe there is some sort of danger. And therefore... He needs to daven as well. And within the davening, as also, there's always that which you need to do just in case it doesn't happen in a complete miraculous way. So he also needs to be preparing for the war. And that's why there's all three things together. The Rebbe explains a very, very interesting thing. The Rebbe says like this, why do you need his skinats? We need to prepare for three things. Because when you're doing three different things which are so different to each other, so opposite of nature to have opposite things together, you need to have a special way of being able to change yourself and to be able to transcend yourself. We have like this three different modes over here. On the one hand, there's the idea of a present, a gift, which is in need of chesed, of kindness, of care, of connection. Milchama, a war, that's exactly the opposite. And both of these are things that the person down here is doing. Then comes the third thing, which is tefillah, which is a completely new mode. And therefore, in order to be able to stand in three modes all at the same time, you need to be hiskinatsma, you need to work on yourself, change yourself. Why in fact do you need to have all three things together? Chesed, Gvura, and the third one, which is Rachamim, and the idea of Tefillah. So the Rebbe explains this up in There's a passage that says, when Yaakov Avinu first comes to Lovan's town, to Haron, he comes to the well, and it speaks over there about how all of the different flocks gather at the same time. 
What are these different flocks gathering at the same time? So Chassidus explains based on a marshal of a war, a war that actually took place, where the strategy in the war, strategy in the war was rather than having each group of soldiers attack another group of soldiers, what they did was all the soldiers of one army attacked one particular little group of the other army. Then they used all their forces for the next one, and etc. Says Chassidus, this is the idea that when it comes in our avodas Hashem against our Yetzirah, we need to take all three meters of kedusha: Chesed, Gvura, and Teferis, Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, Love of Hashem, Fear of Hashem, Compassion, and attacking one meter of Klipa. And then the same thing, using all of our koichas at the very same time, attacking another midah of klipa. That's the idea of a nesfu shamakala adarim, all the flocks gathering at the same time. The same thing says that applies with golos. There's different types of golos, different types of klipas. There's Esav, there's Yishmoel. And what we need to do, if we want to be able to manage, is gather all of our midahs of Kedusha together to be able to overcome each golos individually. Now, since we know Maisa Ava similar Banam, that the Avais are the ones that give us the Koychas to do everything, so Yaakov Avinu, he is the one that, em- that also embodies exactly this idea. Before he goes to deal with Lavon, which is one type of Golos, he goes ahead of a Nesvu Shomakal Adoram and all the flocks are gathered together. Before he goes to deal with Esav, his skin Atzmoy for all three things together. And finally, the Rebbe says, Doherois, when we want to go save Yiddish Kindalach, from a chinuch of Esav. It's not enough just to go with the regular nature that we're used to and our habits. But we need to be his We need to change ourselves. If you just go with cheshboinus, with calculations of logic, we don't know if we'll be able to be successful and save every last Jewish child. Only when away, if we go in a way, as Rashi puts it, balkarche, against his will. We go higher than reason. We use all of our koichas together. That's when we're guaranteed that we'll be successful. And we'll be zoichet of all of Moshiach and Lishpatis HaResav and the coming of Moshiach Tzadkeinu, b'meheir of Yameinu Mamesh.